This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice, and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional, and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 66 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm happy that you're here today. Today, I'm going to teach you about an epiphany I had uh, in my own mind and that was impacting my own stress levels, and I think it'll be really helpful for you. I'm going to be showing you what I was doing that was actually kind of tripping me up and how you can not make the same mistake, which I think will be really important. Uh, so stay tuned. But if you're just joining me, let me introduce myself. My name is Siobhan Key. I'm a weight loss coach for physicians, and I'm also a practicing family and obesity medicine physician. My area of passion is helping physicians who struggle with binge or stress eating learn how to take back the control and live a life where the food and thoughts about food and weight no longer control them finding long-lasting solutions that they can keep applying to their lives long after we finish coaching. Now, along those lines, if you haven't yet had a chance to download my time-saving tips to end binge and stress eating free mini course, uh, I really encourage you to. I think this is really good if you are just trying to get a handle on your emotional eating or binge eating and or even If you just are starting to try to figure out your weight and you feel like you just don't have time to really dig into it, then these tips are my best ones that you can apply in the midst of a busy day. You don't have to carve out a whole bunch of time in your day to get started with these tips. The simplest way and the quickest for you to get access to the course is if you text the word time saving tips, all one word, to 1855. 969-5300. And again, that's texting the word time saving tips all in one word to 1-855-969-5300. Or go to www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash time saving tips. Again, all one word. And you can register online from there. When you get this course, you'll immediately get the first video. There's also a bonus workbook that you have access to that I'm actually quite proud of. I think it really lets you dig deeper. You don't have to do the workbook, but if you want that extra level, it's there for you. And then you'll get emails uh, every few days that are going to help you stay on track and help deliver the content for you in a pace that I think is probably the most useful pace uh, when you're trying to apply this stuff to your life. As you go along, any questions, send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. All right, let's talk about my epiphany. I was, I had this epiphany in the shower after a couple busy weeks, and I was just showering, getting ready for another day, and feeling somewhat exhausted by my schedule, feeling somewhat overwhelmed, and realized, you know what, 
Yes, it's been a busy couple weeks, but the issue isn't the fact that it's been a busy couple weeks. The issue is what I'm doing with my thought work. So I realized I still have this tendency that when life gets busy, when I start to feel a little more overwhelmed, one of the first things my brain tells me to do is stop doing my routines that help me do my thought work. So normally, I have a morning routine, I get up early, I do some meditation, some journaling, things like that, and then go out for my run all before the kids get up. And when I start to get busy, or if in this case, my husband had been out of town for the week, I don't do that, and I don't end up replacing it. And what ends up happening is I start thinking that I'm still managing my thoughts, but I'm doing it in a really passive way. So what I want to teach you today is the difference between active and passive thought management and how, as much as possible, it's important to stay in the more active thought management side. And I'm sharing this with you today because I do think it's really important. And I think uh, this is something that probably everybody it could use some tweaking on. But I also really think it's important that you hear from me that even though I've been doing this stuff for years now, it's still not perfect. And I don't ever expect it to be perfect. There will always be places where the thought work trips me up or where I think I'm doing okay. And then I step back and look and I'm like, eh, not quite where I want to be. And I think, especially if you're earlier on your journey and you're still figuring out this thought work stuff and figuring out how to apply it to your life, listening to this and just hearing that, yes, it's a super fantastic tool. And I think it's the most powerful thing I've learned. And it's definitely the most powerful thing I teach my clients and my weight management patients that I work with. But it is always a work in progress. And so if you're learning it and you're getting frustrated because you're not seeing the results you want or you find your brain keeps flipping back to older thought patterns or more negative thought patterns, rather than getting upset at yourself or feeling like you're doing something wrong or that this might not be working for you, just accept that all of that is part of the process. Our brains are complex things. Like they are smart, which is great because that's how we got where we are. But when you're working on learning how to manage your brain, it's a slippery thing. There are times where you'll feel like you have a fantastic hold on it, where you feel like everything is going really well and you're, you're on top of this and it's never going to get you again. And then there's going to be other times where you're like, whoa, what happened? And it's just the way I think about it is I focus on being intentional with my thoughts and paying attention to what my brain's thinking as much as possible. However, all the other times in my day where I don't have the ability to be focused intentionally on what my brain is thinking, my brain is still thinking. It's producing thoughts constantly. Like, for example, last night in the middle of the night, I had a bit of a restless sleep. My brain was thinking about how messy my handwriting's gotten since I started being a physician, which is so random to think about in the middle of the night that, you know, it, and thinking, well, I guess it's like time pressures and 
when I was a med student, I had far more leisurely time to sit and write out <laughs> consult notes in a chart. And now I don't. So everything's kind of chicken scratch. It, it, like it's so random that I was laughing at it this morning because it just shows that your brain is just constantly thinking thoughts. And the more you can be aware of them, the more you can work on actively managing them, great. But just know that that's, you can't do that 100% of the time because sometimes we sleep, sometimes you have to be engaged in other activities. And so it is normal that your brain will still be generating thoughts and some of those thoughts are going to get under your radar. And just know when they do that that's okay. That's part of this process. It gives you another thing to learn about, gives you another awareness of what I think of as kind of slippery thoughts, thoughts that can weasel their ways in and get you. And it just, you build your knowledge of your own brain every time that happens, which is great. That's what you need long term. All right, so let's talk about what is active versus passive thought management. And I'm going to start with passive thought management. So passive thought management would be when you're aware that you have thoughts, uh, you're trying to maybe do a bit of managing them, but you're doing it in your mind. And whenever you're trying to manage your thoughts in your mind, it is a slippery process. Um, It is really hard to kind of pin them down and really look at them um, because they'll shift and they'll move on you. And then it's really hard to be concrete when you're trying to manage it in your mind and you're trying to kind of uh, just manage it as you go. And in that setting then, when you're working on these slippery thoughts and you're working on them in your mind and so you're not as concrete, you're in a position where you're going to be far more likely to believe your brain's story. Now, when I say your brain's story, what I mean is things like, the story I was believing in this example was that things were so busy and I had too much on my plate and I needed to figure out a change to how I was scheduling myself. There's all sorts of thoughts. But this was a story my brain was telling me, which we could title, you are too busy and you have no time, (laughs) which is a theme. When my brain goes, it's often you have no time. It's like time scarcity type thoughts. And so my brain was just anytime I wasn't actively managing my thoughts, which in these weeks, I don't think I actually was doing a lot of active managing. My brain was just telling me a nice little lullaby about you are too busy, you have no time. And on and on in the background as I went about my day. And guess what that made the days feel like? Well, it made them feel rushed. It made them feel hectic. It made me feel behind and actually I got behind because I was buying into this story because if I have too much to do and not enough time how would I possibly stay on top of notes and stuff because there's not enough time for example and so I actually got behind which then made me feel like I had more evidence that there wasn't enough time and it just became this big snowball that was really started by me believing my brain's story Now, depending where you are in your life, when you listen to this, you might be like, yeah, but that's true. I don't have enough time. And what I mean when I say that that is my brain's story is I've done this long enough where I have a lot of experience and evidence to for myself that if I think differently during these weeks, it doesn't have to be that way. So I've had many weeks with the kids 
being a solo parent and working while my husband was away. And when I think intentionally and I'm being more active in my thought management, I actually have plenty of time. I get all my work done. I'm not hectic. Things are calmer. And the actual situation, the circumstance is very similar between those two different weeks. It's what my thoughts do and whether or not I believe those thoughts. So when I'm actively managing my thoughts and my brain starts telling me that you don't have enough time story, then I counter it and have a thought like, I've got plenty of time to get everything that needs to be done, done. Um, Or something similar, which then it makes me feel more in control. And when I'm feeling more in control, my actions are entirely different. I stay on time better because I'm not indulging in all these thoughts of there's just too much to do and I can't get it all done anyways. I get my work done. I stay calmer and more present in the moment while I'm going about my day. There's so many different things that are improved in the same circumstance, just depending on how I think and which story I tell myself. And I think the really sort of key point or foundational uh, idea about this is that all thoughts are optional. And again, if you're new to this, that may be a bit hard to believe, but just let it percolate in your head and think about it. But Everything we think, every story our brain tells us about the circumstances around us, the circumstances in our life are all optional. And when you're doing passive thought management, you're probably not recognizing that these are optional. Like my example, I was completely buying into the you're too busy, there's not enough time story. And I wasn't recognizing that that was actually an optional way to think about those weeks that I was in. And It was not a way of thinking that was actually serving me very well. It was compounding itself and making the situation worse. So then what would active thought management be? And if you're working on long-term weight management, or if you are just trying to make your life feel better and feel more in your control, then this is where you want to be. You want to be managing your thoughts in an active manner so that there's fewer, and you'll notice I didn't say you don't have, but there's fewer times where those stories that your brain wants to tell you slip in. So active thought management is when you are actively looking at your thoughts. And that means even looking at the thoughts that you don't necessarily want to. Um, there's lots of areas you'll find where your brain's like, okay, yeah, let's dig in here and we can look and see what's going on here. But if you start to think about another area, you'll notice some form of resistance. Like your brain's like, no, no, that's fine. We're good here. Don't worry about that. Focus over here. (laughs) Or uh, you'll just not want to look at what you're thinking in this area. It'll feel maybe sometimes too painful. Like uh, if we're looking at negative self-talk or that sort of stuff. But when you're actively managing your thoughts, you're looking at all the different areas. And when your brain offers resistance and tells you to not uh, look at it or tries to distract you to a different spot, you dig in a little bit more. It's like uh, with kids, right? The other day, my son, who's six, came upstairs and he said, I don't need to be tucked in and ran to bed. And that's like totally out of his character. So he was trying to distract me. 
And so instead of being like, oh, well, that's nice. I have one last thing to do. I went in to tuck him in to find out what was going on. And he would snuck a light into his beds that he didn't think he should have. And so that he wasn't sleeping in as much dark, which is fine. But it's, it reminds me of what our brains do. Because our, when we're trying to dig into thoughts that feel a little uncomfortable and your brain doesn't really want you to, then it'll be like, no, no, everything's fine here. Don't look here. <laughs> look over there. Squirrel. Anyways, so just pay attention when your brain's tr- playing those tricks on you and look into it closer. Or ask yourself why or ask yourself, is that really true? When you're, If you're like, no, I'm fine. I don't need to do any thought work in this area. Is that really true? Because I would say pretty much everywhere, every area, your brain could use some thought work and cleaning thoughts up. Um, there's, I haven't really encountered anybody where there's an area where there's no nothing that could use some cleaning up. Okay, so if active thought management is really looking at each thought and managing it intentionally, how do we go about doing that? How does that look different from my example of being in the shower and having this constant story loop going through my head. Well, I think the first step is if you're actively managing your thoughts, you really want to be doing it in as concrete of a way as possible. And yeah, that probably means writing it down. Now, I know for a lot of you, there may be thoughts of, I'm too busy, I don't have time to write it down. Or for some people, just the concept of writing thoughts down creates like resistance where you feel it's just something you don't really want to do. I can tell you from experience of working with people, when my clients start consistently writing down their thoughts and doing this work in paper, that's when I really start to see things change for them. Lots of times when we start working together, people are doing it in their mind and just kind of adjusting to the concepts. And that helps for sure. But when they start actually writing it down and doing the thought work on paper, that's when you start to see really consistent shifts and changes. And I think what that is, is it's the concreteness of it. When you're trying to do thought work in your mind, your brain is a slippery place. It feels like you kind of just grab onto something and then it can wriggle out of your fingers or shift and change shape and you get a bit confused about where you're going with it. And when you're actually writing that down, that can't happen in the same way. And so writing out your thoughts, it doesn't have to be this huge long journal entry It can be just a few minutes of just writing down, what am I thinking about my day? Like I've got so much to do uh, and blah, 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 blah. And then look at it and go, okay, what's going on with these thoughts? How, what impact are these thoughts having on my life and my day? And so that brings us to step two, which is question all thoughts. When you're actively managing your thoughts, you have to question everything because your brain is tricky and at times I would call it manipulative. (laughs) And so you need to really look at, okay, is this a thought that actually is serving me in any way? 
do I want to believe this thought? Is this something that I want to believe about my life or myself or the people around me? And what good does believing this bring to me? And is this true? So especially thoughts about self-worth and image and things like that, we buy them as facts. We've thought them for so long that they are served to us in our brain as a fact, as just something that is well known about us and an unchangeable fact. But the reality is a lot of what we think is fact in our mind is actually thoughts and therefore optional. Any thoughts we have about ourselves and what we can and can't do and what we should or shouldn't do, all of those are not facts, they're thoughts. And you get to decide whether or not you want to believe it's true. Again, this is an area where clients and people I work with struggle in that when you've had thoughts about yourself for a long enough time and you believe them as facts, which is totally normal, deciding that you could choose that they're not true can feel like a stretch. And again, if it feels like a stretch, then just spend some time contemplating it. Let it swirl around in your head a little that maybe this might not be true. That maybe you could decide something else is true about yourself. And honestly, when you realize that and you get to the point where you're realize that you could believe anything you want about yourself or your abilities or what you can and can't do with your life, it is so freeing. You can open up so many doors just by changing what you accept as true or fact about yourself. And then the other piece of questioning your thoughts is asking yourself, is this a thought? Because there's a lot of things that come across as just a factual statement in your mind and you can believe that it's a fact and that it's just the way things are. But when a lot of those, a very large percent of those, when you really dig in their thought and that again means they're optional. So for example, one time I was grocery shopping and had been thinking through, um, I need to get back into my self-care routine so I can get my eating a little bit better again. And this is something I had believed for a long time is that in order for my eating to be good, I had to do my self-care. And what I realized in that grocery store, and I can still remember (laughs) where I was, is hold on, that's a thought too. That the idea that I can only eat healthy if I'm doing self-care is a thought. The two things are unrelated. I can eat healthy And I can do self-care, but they don't have to be connected. The only thing that connected them was my thoughts. And there's lots of examples of that. And as you do thought work, the beginning, you'll get like kind of those surface ones. But as you go, you'll just find deeper and deeper ones. It never ends. You'll find other ones where you're like, oh, wait, that's a thought too. That doesn't have to be true. Um, And so just question that. Anytime that you think of a fact about yourself or a statement about the situation, ask yourself, is that a thought? And the the litmus test is, would every single person believe that? Could it be arguable in a court of law? And if it's not, then it's a thought. And that means it's optional. So 
step three, now that you've looked at your thoughts and you've really questioned them and dug into them a little bit, is then you get to decide how you want to think moving forward. So if when you've been questioning your thoughts, you've discovered that the thoughts you were thinking weren't actually serving you, that they were creating something in your life that isn't actually what you want or might be actually might be the opposite of what you're working towards. Then the next step is thinking, okay, how do I want to think about this? What do I want to believe here? And what is going to serve me the best? And coming up with some thought that serves you in a better way than how you were thinking about it. Now, I think a place where people get tripped up is they try to go from thinking a thought that serves them better than where they were to feeling like they need to make their thoughts be perfect and happy and make everything work out great. And that's not really the point. If you try to go from thoughts that are kind of stressful, negative, that sort of thing, to super happy, super polished, shiny new thoughts, it's not going to be very believable for your brain. And when you're trying to do thought work and replacing your thoughts, you want the new thoughts to still be believable. They need to generate a better emotion, but still be believable. So it often isn't about going from, you know, negative stuff to perfectly happy sunshine and rainbow stuff, but just shifting yourself. So shifting from the negative to a little less negative, a little more neutral, and moving yourself along by just shifting your thoughts as you go. And honestly, that shift from negative to a little more neutral can be a really powerful shift. A lot can change in your life or in a situation just by shifting from thoughts that are generating really negative emotions to thoughts that are generating more neutral emotions. A way to think about this is how would I need to think in order to feel blank? And you get to choose what emotion you want to put in the blank at the end of the day or during my day or while I'm playing with my kids or whatever situation you're in. How do I need to think in order to feel blank? And that'll help you try to generate some thoughts that generate the new emotion that you're aiming for. And again, I really believe in the power of neutrality. Sometimes the best place to start is how do I need to think in order to feel more neutral when I'm in this situation. So to summarize for the Active thought management. Step number one is writing it down so you can be as concrete as possible so you're not succumb to that slippery brain syndrome. Step number two is question all the thoughts. So what you write down, really look at it and decide, is that actually what I want to believe? Is that serving me? And question, is that a thought or is it a fact? Most likely it's going to be a thought when you dig in. Step number three is then intentionally decide how you want to move on from there. So what thought do you want to think that gives you an emotion that will serve you better? How do you want to think about the situation that you're in so that you get through it in a better way than how you had been? So there you have it. Active versus passive management of your thoughts. Like I said, this can be an ongoing issue no matter how long you do this work that sometimes our brains just slip into old patterns. It's no big deal. It's just what brains do. And being aware of it and asking yourself, okay, am I actively managing these thoughts here? That will help you stay on track. 
I know it helped me get back my mind back in the game and back on track uh, when I realized that what I was doing was just some passive kind of thought work. Now, if all this thought work sounds good and you're wanting to apply it to your life, but really struggling with how you actually take this and make results happen in your own life, then the coaching that I offer is probably a fantastic fit for you. When we work one-on-one, you have the benefit of having an expert coach with all my experience helping others with emotional eating, stress eating, binge eating. And what that means for you is you have that objective view on what's going on and what's actually driving these behaviors. Sometimes that can be hard to figure out on your own. And so the coaching can take you from working on this and seeing the benefit of this work to really applying it and understanding how to apply it and probably finding some areas where thought work is needed that you might not actually be aware of on your own. It it sometimes takes that objective second eye to point out what's might actually be going on and driving some of this behavior. And that's where I think the one-on-one coaching is really powerful is you having access to that objective uh, ear and eye to point stuff out for you and help you really start to see that lasting change in your life, in your eating, and in your weight that you're wanting. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head on over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, and click on the Work With Me tab. From there, you can schedule a free introductory session with me. That gives us a chance to talk one-on-one over video conference where you can let me know what's going on in your life and where you're struggling and where you need that extra help, and I can let you know how I can best help you. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I appreciate you taking the time every week to tune in. Make sure you share this with anybody that you think might benefit from it and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this podcast. Have a fantastic week. Remember, you've got this.